All right, so 1 John chapter 4 is where we're at. Look at verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of for our sins. So as I said before, we're in the Valentine's Day season right now. And again, not a big fan of it. I think it's just just trying to get our money. That's all there is to it. Guilting us guys. And it's always the guys that got to spend all the money too. Isn't that interesting how that all works? But, you know, that's not the point of this message. But this, this time of year is supposed to be all about love. Now, if we were going to have a holiday that was about love, in reality, it seems like God should be like a central point of this holiday because there is no greater example of love than God. I mean, God God is the source of love, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. The title of the message is The Source of All Love. God is where love comes from. God is where love originates. And so... You know, the, and the vast majority of what people talk about during Valentine's Day is not love, it's lust. Okay? And let's just face it, Valentine's Day is more about lust than it is love. And there is definitely a difference there. But I'm not going to stand here today, though, and deny or question love that lost people have for each other, for their spouse, children, family, and friends. I do believe that lost people are capable of having uh, real love for others. Um, you know, but I do believe that the love that man has, it's just so inferior to the love of God that it almost seems like it's something else. And, and I do. I believe, uh, I, I believe all of us were capable of love, but it is. It's always inferior to God's love, but it doesn't mean what we don't have is real love. But it's just a reminder that, except if we're going to talk about love, to leave God out of that conversation just doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he is the greatest example of that, And I also don't believe that just because you're saved, that that just means you understand love. Because there's a lot of saved people that don't understand love, and they don't have a whole lot of it. And that's really bad when a saved person doesn't have that. But I do believe if we are going to grow in love and have a love that even compares to the love of God, that we should learn that love from Him. We should learn how to love from Him. And while all love that we have is always going to be inferior to the love of God... You know, it's it's still love, and we should want to love more, and we want we ought to want to grow in this. It says in First Thessalonians three twelve, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another, and toward all men, even as we do toward you, to the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints, something that we should all be working on as Christians. As we await the return of Christ, something that we ought to want to do is to make sure that we're increasing in that area, that when Jesus Christ comes back, that our love that we have for others is as much like Christ as we can possibly get it. And I got asked the question just this week again, you know, in Second Thessalonians 2, people, I was like, why did the Thessalonians, why were they troubled at the idea that the day of christ was at hand because people will doubt that that's talking about the rapture because why would you be troubled about the rapture well maybe it's because they were new believers and they had 
this attitude like they used to have in the Bible days of wanting to be like Christ when he returns. Now, sadly, most Christians today don't even worry about that. They're not even thinking about the fact that when Jesus Christ comes, that it's possible we could be ashamed at his coming. They're not thinking about that. And one of the things that God expects from us and God expects to find in our life when he returns is God expects to find a people who have hearts that are full of love towards all men. So if we don't, if we're not growing in that area and you're okay with that, you know, you're not looking for Christ's return. If you are looking for the return of Christ, you're going to be saying, you know what? I need to make sure when he comes back that I've got some things in order that he told me to get in order. It's just kind of like, you know, when, you know, it, you know maybe if, uh, you know, your wife goes somewhere and she's counting on you to kind of keep certain things good in the house. You know, one of the things that I did the first time she ever went away anywhere, I tried keeping cl things clean as the week went on and it was a lot of work. And it was a nightmare, and the kids kept messing it up. So the next year, when she went away, I just didn't care all week. And then I waited the day before she returned. And, and it, it got really bad. And she still wasn't happy, even though it was clean when she got there. She thought it was terrible that I let the house get so trashed during the week. But nobody came over. So, you know, what's the problem? You know, now, now, we don't know when Jesus is going to return. And we're all supposed to always be ready. But at the same time... When we know he has instructed us to have certain things in our life, it ought, to call, it ought to strike fear in our hearts that he could return soon and we not be in the condition he wants us to be in. And that was, uh, that was something that they used to worry about. Okay, our, our modern day American Christians, we don't worry about that. And that's too bad. And let me tell you, if you are not growing in love, you should fear the coming of Christ because he expects you to have a heart of love, to be showing that love, growing in that love. And so, you know, obviously we're never going to be is, you know, up to God's level on this, but as long as you're growing. And hopefully you're doing better this year than you were last year. And so I want us to look at some very important things in this passage that we can learn about love that sadly our world just doesn't know. Our world's not getting this. And so in verse 7, notice what it says. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. All the love that man has. And this is an important concept you need to get. It's a response to love that was previously given. That, that's, that's just how we are. It says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, it says, We love him because he first loved us. If you have a love in your hearts towards God today, and I really hope you do, understand that God loved you first. You feel that way about God because he's done so much good for you. And you have a very natural response that people who do good things for you, you typically love those people, don't you? You love your neighbor that bakes your pies and shovels your, you know, dry, plows your driveway and things like that. You love them more than you want that you do the neighbor that cusses you out. You know, the lets his dog come and make a mess in your yard and stuff like that. You know, you, uh, you have more affection towards that person. And so the thing is, the more we learn about God, the more we understand what he's done for us, the more that's going to make you grow in your love for God. But we need to always remember God initiated the love. God started it. You, do, you weren't just this loving person and just had this desire for God and then you started serving God and then God's just blessing you because of how much love you showed him. No, 
You're doing, if you're doing good and you're doing it for the right reasons, it's because God has just been so good to you and you've gotten a hold of that. And so you're doing things in return. Now, there's a lot of people that God has, God's done good for the whole world. God sent Jesus to die for the sins of the whole world. But sadly, many people, they don't know about that or they're ignoring that. And so because of that, they don't have a love for God. But anybody on this planet, if they would for any time at all, look into what God has done for them, it's going to create a love in their heart for him when they see all that he's done for them. So our love that we have across the board it's because of love that's done to us. For, um, for example, to a baby. Okay? Who do babies love first? Okay? That's an easy one, isn't it? It's mama. They always love mama first. Now, eventually they get to an age where we, as dads, we can kind of start stealing that affection a little bit. And, you know, getting them to say that they're daddy's girl and stuff like that. And, you know, you shouldn't do that with your kids. I know but we do it with ours all the time. You know, hey, who do you like better, mommy, daddy? We, we try that with the kids. But you know, I don't know if they ever truly get to where they love daddy more than mommy. I don't know. I don't know if that ever happens. You know, there can come a point where they're older and maybe daddy's a little more fun. But at the end of the day, kids just naturally have, I think, a greater love for mommy than daddy. And you know why that is? Because, I mean, who shows more love to a child than mom? It's mom that's with me. It's mom that feeds them and nurses them. It's mom that usually changes the diapers and gives them baths and just does all these things that's holding them, caring for them. And look, you know, when somebody's doing that much for you, they're keeping you alive. When they're doing all that, you are just, it is the most natural thing in the world for that baby who doesn't even know how to say the word love. They, they don't understand it, but yet they truly will adore their mother. You know, these little kids that we have in here, these little babies, you know, they, they don't even know how to say mama yet, but they know who mama is. And any of us, any of the other ladies can come along and they can hold that baby. But you know what? That baby sees its mom. It wants its mama. You know why? Because it loves. It loves his mom because it is because of all that's being done for them. It is, it's just a part of nature. And one thing that we're learning more and more about you know, children and early development is those first moments, even after a baby's born, you know, those things are important. Those first, those first hours, those first days, those first weeks and months, it is so important. You know, moms, you know, when you have those babies, all right, you know, don't be, don't be anxious to take them to put them in daycare. They need mommy during those times. Cause I promise you those daycare workers are not going to love your baby as much as you're going to love your baby. And let me tell you something, the type of, if, if you're a loving person, it's because somebody showed great love to you. And there's a lot of people out there that are not loving people, and it's because they didn't have a lot of love. There's people that grew up in homes where there wasn't a lot of love, and a lot of times it shows in their life. And child neglect, it's a very serious thing. And often some, some of the most horrible people in the world are people who had little or no love shown them as a child. And it messes them up. It really messes them up. And I'm, I'm telling you, with the things that we're promoting in our society today, it is, it is ruining children. And uh, we're setting them up for failure as adults. And so what people don't realize is when you come across that person who is very loving, is they are someone who was very loved. Uh, they are... and. 
That is why they are the way they are. Somebody loved them first, and because of that, they know how to show that love to other people. And you might think, well, there's exceptions to this. Because there are many people who grew up in horrible homes that didn't have a lot of love, yet they are very loving people themselves. But at the same time, you will find out it's because these people have usually experienced the love of God. They've gotten a hold of that. And so thankfully, because of God and because of the Bible, even if you're somebody who grew up and you didn't have a loving home, you weren't really raised right, if you can get a hold of what God has done for you, then you can be that loving person. In fact, there are people who grew up in loving homes, yet they're not near where they should be when it comes to love because they haven't got a hold of what God's done for them. And so while mom and dad, uh, you know, while family, all these things can make a big difference in how loving you are as a person, understand God is superior to all of that. And so I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm thankful I grew up in a loving home and I had people who cared for me. I'm thankful for that. But at this, I'm somebody who I've had a lot of love thrown my way growing up. I've, I grew up in churches where they had people that loved me. I've got, I had grandparents that loved me and aunts and uncles and cousins. I've got a lot of people in my life that truly love me. But even if you're not that person, if all you have to do is just study the love of God and you can get, if you get a hold of that, you're going to be a very loving person because God is the source of all love. And so understand though, you know, God is the direct source of love and many people, what they have, you could say it's kind of a residual love. Even if, okay, you know, and it's impossible to do this, but again, even lost people, are, I do believe, are capable of love. But understand, lost people who are loving, they maybe came from a home of people that were very loving. And they, and they came from a home of people that were loving. And eventually, if you trace love back, it all ends up to God. God is always the source. God is always the originator of it. And a lot of people that maybe they don't know much about the love of God or haven't had that direct love from God that they know about because they haven't learned about Him, they haven't learned about the Bible, if they are loving, it's because they have residual love. But isn't it always good and isn't it great that any of us can go to the direct source of love? I'm thankful for all the residual love I've received, but I'm also thankful that I've been able to get it from the direct source. So we can all get that. Everyone can be a loving person because God is the source of love and God does love you. God did die for your sin. He sent Jesus to pay for your sins on the cross. So you can be a loving person even if you didn't get it from people in your life. And so uh, if you've experienced love directly from God, then you can be that loving individual. So verse 8 says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And so again, you can have a real love that many in the world have because there are lost people who grew up in loving homes where people knew how to love. But again, if we trace it back, it goes back to God. And so when it's saying, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love, what this is, I don't believe you can take this first and say, so if they don't know God, they can't have love. No, because he's been talking a lot in this uh, book about people who hate their brothers yet say they are of God. And so just understand, you can have love and not know God, 
But there is no way you can know God and not have love. There's, there's absolutely no way. And that's why he's even bringing this up because they had people saying, we're of God and yet we hate you. People who deny Christ and they're like, listen, these people, they don't have love for you. Just understand they are not of God. They don't know God if they don't have that love for you. And so um, it's totally normal to doubt and question someone's knowledge of God when they seem to have no knowledge of love. Again, you know, if you found out that, you know, I don't think he had any kids, but if, you know, if you found, if you met John Wayne Gacy Jr. and found out that he was a murderer and a child molester and all that kind of stuff, you wouldn't be surprised because look at who his father was. You know, if Jeffrey Dahmer Jr., you know, you think about the big murders of the past. I just watched a documentary about a, a famous murderer uh, that was uh, from where I used to live. And sure enough, they showed some stuff about his son. His son's been in prison many times. They were actually in prison together. The most time he'd ever got to spend with his dad was in prison. And he turned out to be a child molester. And he had all these issues too. And we're not surprised by that. Look at what he grew up with. Look at what he was around. Now, what you don't expect is somebody who came from a very loving family. Somebody who uh, was raised right and was cared for. You don't expect them to be that way. And it's the same thing too when somebody claims to have a knowledge of God, when someone claims to be a follower of God and yet they have no love for the brethren, it's okay for us to look at that and say, something's wrong. It says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 17, But whoso hath this world good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion for him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Now, I'm not 100% sure that John is saying that they definitely don't know God. But I think what he's trying to say here is he doesn't understand how someone who has experienced God's love would not know how to show love for others. So I don't think he's making an absolute statement here, but it is weird. It's really weird. So you claim to be saved. You claim to understand that your sins have been forgiven, that you were forgiven this great debt, and yet you can't forgive this little thing with your brother in Christ? That's strange. I mean, listen, sometimes people are just petty. Some, even Christians can be really petty. But you know what? If that's true, if you're just not capable of forgiving this person, that's really weird. Because you claim to have experienced forgiveness beyond anything. I mean, you owed a debt of eternity and hell, and it was forgiven you, and you can't forgive their $10 they owe you? Something's really weird about that. And so, you know, it doesn't make sense when someone saved by grace without works doesn't seem to know how to forgive. That, that's just, that's weird. I don't, know, I don't know that I believe everything that's coming out of your mouth at that point. You can tell me you're saved all you want, but I'm always going to be scratching my head a little bit. And, you know, people are always shocked when someone who grew up in a pastor's home doesn't seem to know anything about the Bible. But, you know, and, and, are we, and don't we often just assume, like, if somebody's father was an electrician, we just assume they know something about electricity, too. It's not a guarantee. But you just, you kind of expect them to know a little something. You know, uh, we, we, you know we expect, you know, you expect Donald Trump's sons to be rich, don't you? Because right? that's a notable thing about him. You'd be you shocked if you saw one of them, you know, working at McDonald's. Because it's like, you know, you, you ought to be able to do better than that. Look at who your dad is. You know, you expect 
People always expect the movie star or the model's baby that she has to be good looking. Why? Because that's how the mom is, you know. And whatever, whatever the most notable characteristic of, you know, uh, whatever the not- most notable characteristic of someone that you know, you expect to see some of that in their children. And, you know, just like we expect white people to have white kids, we get real suspicious if they're not, don't we? It's like something's weird. You know, hey, there's things, weird things that can happen. But you know what? It's okay for us. All right, we're not making a rule. We're not making, claiming some kind of work salvation. But when someone claims to be a Christian and they just have no love for people, it's okay for us to maybe, maybe have some doubts and think something's wrong. Something just isn't adding, adding up right here. And uh, I don't think that that's, um, I don't think that's adding worth salvation. So we don't know. I'm not making an absolute statement, but there's definitely reason to be suspicious. So 1 John 4, 9 says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him, here in His love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So love, it's not just a feeling, uh, an emotion, even though love will produce those things. Uh, but love is an action. And that's what we see in the Bible. Because when, when the Bible talks about God's love, it always follows it by not telling us about God's feelings, but his actions. Because did you know that God actually feels really bad about our sinful condition? God is disgusted by the sin in our life, but what makes God so loving is the fact that while disgusted with our sin, God still sent his son to earth to die for our sins, showing the ultimate example of love. That's what people do. People think love is just some emotion or some feeling. And that's why, too, you'll have some young girl who, because some guy has feelings and emotions for her, she thinks that guy loves her. But let me tell you, feelings and emotions can change. Feelings and emotions, they go all over the place. They can come and go. And I'm not doubting the feeling of teenagers that they have. I'm sure, you know, you see a good-looking girl if you're a guy and you have those strong feelings. I don't doubt you're feeling something, but I might question whether or not it's love. Because are you going to feel that way you know, when she's nine months pregnant and screaming at you, you know, are you, are you, are you going to feel that way? You know, you know, 30 years and 60 pounds later, you know, are, are you still going to feel that way? Cause that's what real love is. That's all, you know, and you know, Hey, I hate to bring up reality, but it's just reality. People get older. People have health problems. Are you, know, are you going to feel that way? You know, if she get what, you know, what if she gets sick? You know, brother Austin talked about his, his aunt who, Stayed with her husband while he had ALS until he died. You know, couples go through those things. You know, we saw Miss Hazel. She stayed faithful with her husband, took care of him as long as she physically could while he had Alzheimer's. And then, uh, you know, and still was faithful to him and still, uh, you know, went to see him all she could when he was in the nursing home. Folks, that's real love right there. That's real love. Young people have a lot. They can have a lot of strong feelings. But one of the things we're seeing today is those people have very strong feelings as soon as one thing goes south in their life, they're getting divorced. Why? They don't have real love. Love is, it's an action. It's not a feeling. And that's what, in the, in the world, 
It's so funny how whenever we get up and we talk about how God feels about certain sins, people always want to talk about God's love then. As if God has all these positive feelings coming our way, even though we're involved in all this filthy sin. No, you don't understand. What makes God loving is the fact that while you were filthy in sin, he still sent Jesus to pay for your sins. He still hates your sin. He's still disgusted by those things. But the fact that while being repulsed by that sin, he still sent his son to go to the cross. Folks, that's love right there. It doesn't get any better than that. But let me tell you, it was never about just this positive feeling and this positive emotion. It's always about God's action that he did. And the action did in spite of his emotion. That's what real love is. And our world does not get that. And so it's foolish when they bring that up while talking about their sin and then just, oh, God loves me as if God loves that about you. No, God does not love that about you. God hates that about you. He will throw you in hell if you do not get cleansed from that. But the fact that he made a way of salvation, that is love. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us, and it's not just an emotion, and sent his son to be propitiation for our sins. So that's what you need to bring up when people want to like talk about all their sin, but God is love. Here's why he's love. He paid for those vile sins of yours. And if you're not even willing to acknowledge that you're a sinner, then you know what? You're not going to receive the love of God. You're not going to benefit from the love of God. He still died, sent his son to die for you. He still sent his son to pay for your sins. But if you're not willing to acknowledge that sin, then you're not going to receive cleansing. And sadly, our, our world's missing that. John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Everybody knows that part. And they'll bring, they'll bring that up. But they ignore the part that, no, that God sent his only begotten son. They don't understand, well, why did God do that? God didn't just love us so much and send his son so his son could just be around the people he loves. No, he sent his son so he could pay for our sins. Because without Jesus Christ going to the cross and paying for our sins, then God would never be able to be around us. God wanted to go back to fellowshipping with man like he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. But did you know that fellowship was broken when Adam and Eve sinned? God said, I can't be around you. I can't be around you. And God departed. God kept them out of the Garden of Eden. But you know what? God, because he still loved them, even though he could not be around them, because of that, God made a way so that fellowship could be restored again. But it can only be restored through Jesus Christ. And the fact that God, that God did that, that shows his love. But people ignore that part. What makes God's love special is the fact that we are so undeserving of it. And yet he sent us on anyway. Romans 5, 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, it, we're, you know we're always impressed if a husband gives his life for his wife or children. But that's also kind of expected too, Right? You know, and, it, and, it, and, and we're always even more impressed when maybe somebody does something for a stranger. That's always impressive, too. But you know what? When it's really something 
is when it's somebody who is an enemy, somebody who's worked against you. That's the most impressive thing right there. And the fact that we've done so much against God and yet he still died anyway, that's what makes his love so great. And again, when talking about the love of God, what does it do? It brings up the death of Christ. And it bring and it always it's a reminder of why he died. It was because of our sin. It says much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. So again, he went to the cross for an enemy. It says, when we were enemies, and folks, that's an amazing thing right there. And, and most people today, they determine whether or not they will show love based on their feelings. And that's the opposite of real love. Oh, this person makes me feel good. I'll do something loving for them. That's not how God is. That's not, that's not what real love is. We all want to do things for people that we have positive feelings towards. Okay? And, and that's... There's a certain level of love there. Again, it's normal to love somebody who loves you. It's normal for that baby to love her mother. That's, that's, that's normal, but the, the love that God has is where he's showing love towards people that are against him, that are doing bad to him, and that's why his love is so special. God performed the ultimate act of love while being repulsed by our sin. And this is why parents, you know, you don't throw your babies out whenever they have an explosive diaper incident. That's disgusting. But yet, you don't throw them out, do you? You don't just lock them up in a room and just like, I, I can't do that smell anymore. I remember one time when Jason was little, he threw, I went in his room, he had thrown up, and it smelled so bad. It was so bad. And I did not want to go in that room. You know, I did not want to clean him up. He smelled so bad. But you know what? We weren't just going to lock him up in the room so we didn't have to smell that. You know what we did? We powered through it. Powered through it, went in there, cleaned him up, cleaned that mess up. Why? Because we loved him. It would have been easier to just shut him in the room and just let him stay in there forever. But you don't do that when you love somebody. You know, you clean them up. So, I mean, some, you know, people do that. They'll even do that for animals. You ever seen that just dirty dog or cat that's just disgusting and wet? And You know, what do you do? You know, me, I try to get rid of it, you know, but you know, if you, you have love, you go clean it up, don't you? But you know what you don't do? You don't bring that cat or that dog that's got whatever all over them. You don't just bring them in your house and let them stay that way, do you? You know what you do? You clean them up. You, you, and, and then you, and you show that love. And it's like we've got this attitude today that God just wants us to be loving while we're just covered in our filth and disgustingness. And let me tell you something. Part of God's love that he shows for us is he gets us out of that mess. And yet you got people claiming, I want to stay in this mess. I want to stay in this filth. I want to keep being disgusting. I want to keep on being a thief and a murderer and a fornicator and all these things. And I, but I still want the love of God too. So because God loves you, he's going to clean, he wants to clean you up. That's what he, that's what he, was, that's what he wants to do. And, uh, and, and thank God that even though you came to him in that disgusting condition... He didn't just cast you aside. The Bible says, him that comes to me, I will know why cast out. And a lot of people, they come to Jesus Christ really nasty, really disgusting, but he will clean you up.
But always remember, he's still grossed out by that sin. And you know what? That sweet lady who like takes in that cat and it's cleaning up. You know what our world would say? Our world who gets mad when we're disgusted by immorality. Our world tells us we're not loving because we're repulsed by perversion and all these other things. And you know what? Nobody's mad at that lady who takes in that cat and is cleaning it up. It's like, why? you know, that cat chose to be that way. You know, that's how that cat is. You know, why, why can't you just accept it for how it is? And, and you know what? Even the sweetest lady in the world would be like, cuz, I'm not living with a filthy animal. And so if I can't clean this up, and let me tell you, there's some animals that don't want to be cleaned. You know, that's why you, I don't recommend taking pigs into your house. And let me tell you, that's why we don't cast our pearls before swine out there, too. There's some people out there, no interest, no interest in cleaning anything up. Absolutely none whatsoever. But let me tell you, you're not, you don't, you don't get to live like a pig in our house. That's not how it's going to be. And God doesn't want you living like a pig. So uh, Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me, there is, you know, while I brought up us having to power through going and cleaning Jason up and cleaning up the room and stuff like that, that is, there is no comparison to what God had to go through to clean us up from our sins. God had to do something that we can't imagine. We can't imagine from going to heaven to living this life on earth. We have no idea what that's like. We have no idea what it's like to be holy and without sin and yet to be beaten like Jesus was and then to have to carry the weight of sin on the cross. We can't even imagine what that's like. And even and you know what? Jesus didn't like it. He despised the shame, but he did it anyway. Why? Out of love for the joy that was set before him. He knew what he was doing would make a way for us to have hope and to have cleansing. And so he did it. And sadly today, most people don't have a real love for their spouse because again, when one thing goes bad, they just want to get divorced. You know, the the feeling goes, then the actions go. They don't have real love. That, that is not real love. Verse 11, 1 John 4 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So there's an expectation on those who have been, you know, that on those who have been loved to show love to others. And God has every right to demand this of us. He isn't asking us to do anything that He has not done Himself beyond what we've ever, what we will ever have to do. None of us will ever get an opportunity to show a love equal to the love that God showed. So for God to ask us to love and demand us to love, it is no, it's no great thing. Remember the parable in Matthew chapter 18 of the man who was forgiven a great debt. Remember how God responded when he saw how he treated that man with a small, who had, owed a small debt. God, the, the king was very upset in that story, and God is very upset. When we're not able to show love and to show forgiveness towards little things. So it's a, no, this is a big thing. Well, to you it is. Maybe, maybe to you, but you know what? Go ask God if it's a big thing. Go ask God if it's anything compared to what he did. Problem is we're not thinking about what God did. We're not thinking about the love and the forgiveness that we've been shown. And that's what we have to do. Verse 12 says, no man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. 
and his love is perfected in us. It's completed in us. One of the reasons God shows us love, again, there's that residual love that we were talking about. Well, I, do, I, do, I believe one of the reasons our society still has a lot of love in it, even though we're seeing fewer and fewer saved people, is because you know we have had God in this culture for a long time and a lot of saved people. Where you go to some of these other countries that's just very godless, and it's horrible what goes on. I was talking with Brother Chris the other day about how in India they'll just go and they'll leave their elderly family members that down by these rivers sometimes. They'll just, they'll just abandon them. And, you know, I mean, most of us cannot imagine taking our elderly parents and just getting tired of taking care of them and then just go dropping them off at a river somewhere and abandoning them. We, we can't even imagine that. Now, why is that? Because in our culture, we've experienced a lot more love. And again, trace it back, it's going to God. But you know what? In some of these countries, it's been so dark over there for so long, they think nothing of it. And folks, we're heading that way. We're, we're heading that way. I mean, one of the biggest evidence that, you know, love is just becoming less and less here is all the abortion that's going on. You know, and I mean, that, and thankfully, that's still unimaginable to most of us in here. But it's becoming, it's becoming, it's, it is normal. It's not becoming normal. It is normal in a lot of our population today. And that just shows how sick and twisted our country is getting. And folks, if we keep this up, we're going to be abandoning our elderly population down by the river before long. And that is, that is a normal thing in some places. And, and so God's love is perfected. God wants us taking that love that he gives us and then showing it to other people. God does not want to just show us love so we can receive all this love and then not show any ourselves. No, God wants it to keep going. God wants it to spread. And sadly, there are a lot of people, they've experienced God's love. There's a lot of people who have gotten saved, but you know what they've never done? They've never allowed the love of God to be perfected in them by showing love to anybody else. That's a shame when that happens. That is a shame when somebody gets the kind of love that we've received when we get salvation and they never share it with anybody else. That's a shame when that happens. That, it, it, we should not let these things stop with us. We should, all, we should always let it, you know, take in all the love you can, but then give it out too. And we've got to keep that spreading. And it, it's so important. Our country is going down the wrong path really fast. So verse 12, or, um, so yeah, God does not love, just love us so we can consume it, but so we can show it to others. And so don't be that person who breaks the chain or cuts off the flow of love don't don't be that person and so you can beat your chest all you want about how much you love god it's in some of the people who are the most unloving christians yell the loudest about how they love god and you know and, if, and that and that's pretty sad and you know why you have to yell really loud that you love god because people are scratching their heads about you because you show no love for other people if you are loving to other people people will know you love god and you will not have to beat your chest about that but here's the thing no matter how much you beat your chest no matter how loud you love that you love god if you don't show it to god's people i don't believe you no matter how loud you're yelling well, i'm still right I, I don't believe you okay i mean i guess we'll find out who's right when we get to heaven in the meantime i don't believe you I, it doesn't make sense and verse 19 says we love him because he first loved us if a man say, I love God, 
So it's possible for somebody to say, people can say whatever they want. If a man said, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. That's why I don't believe you. Liars say things that aren't true. We don't have to believe them. Uh, He said it from a pulpit with the Bible in his hand. I don't care. We've got a major contradiction going on here. I, I just think you're a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Listen, if you can't... Because, again, why, why does it say that about if loving your brother whom you've seen? Because, again, all of us who have love, we've experienced love from other people. If you're not able to show any kind of love from people you've been physically involved with, physically around, in the presence of, if you can't love a flesh and blood person that's right in front of you, why would we think you love someone that you've never even seen before? If you're not capable of showing love to those around you, it just doesn't make sense. I I don't believe you. I I think you are, I, I think you're lying. And so the main thing I want everyone to get from this is all love that is good, it has a source that can be traced back to God himself. Even if you're a loving person because your mama was very loving, that might be true, but your mama was very loving because somebody was very loving to her and it all goes back to God. It it all goes back to God. And so if you don't come from a line of loving people, that's encouraging because you can always go directly to the source. And there's a lot of people who they did, they missed out on a lot of things. They weren't raised right. And a lot of times they'll, uh, you know, They like to bring that up and almost make it as an excuse. But you know what? If you're saved, you have access to the direct source. You need to go there and you need to get it. You know what you need to do? And what will help you be loving is learn more about what God did for you. Grow it. That will help you grow in love. And then whenever you start receiving that love, and you will, whenever you start receiving it, then start giving it to other people. And I do, I believe just like God rewards those and God increases, you know, we talk about giving and if you give, God's going to give. I, I, I do, I believe that if, if you are showing love towards other people, God's going to see what you're doing with that. Even if all you've gotten is a little bit, you feel like I've only gotten a little bit of love. You know what? Go do something with it. Go do something great with it. Go give it to other people. If God sees this is somebody who's given out love, you know what he's going to do? He's going to send more love your way. That's exactly what he's going to do. You're going to be blessed. And we're always worried about those things with things like money and stuff like that. Well, I'm going to give so God will give me more money. Well, you know what? Why don't we do things that are actually better, like love, real love. Do something with that. Go directly to the source itself and have a love uh, that, that's real. And I believe if you do that, others are going to be, you'll, you'll inspire others to be loving people. Maybe just from the residual love that they got from you. But you know what? Let's keep pointing people to the direct source too. So again, it's Valentine's season. This is the time when people talk about love. And when you study love in the Bible and see the source of it, it's, it's crazy that we don't talk more about God and it's specifically Jesus going to the cross when we're talking about love. That should be, this is, this is the ultimate example that there is. And so, you know what? If you want to make Valentine's Day all about that, you know, maybe, you know, they're always trying to steal our holidays. Maybe we ought to steal theirs. Maybe we should turn into a Christian holiday 
and make it all about Jesus going to the cross. Because that, that was the greatest example of love. That would be pretty cool if that backfired on them. They tried to just get our money, and then we turned it around and made it a spiritual thing. That would be pretty cool. We might start that movement next week. So anyway, we'll, let's go ahead and close the word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the love that you've shown us. And dear God, I pray that everybody will take the time to just reflect on that love a little bit and then show it to other people, Lord. Uh, Lord, there, there's only one way that for us to not show love, and that's just to forget what you've done for us. And so, Lord, we need these reminders in our lives so we can uh, just be looking for opportunities to just be a blessing, to be loving to other people. And if uh, there's uh, one here that, Lord, maybe they haven't experienced a lot of love from people, I pray that they'll get to know you more and uh, that you'll just show them that love that, that all of us need. In your name we pray. Amen.